you are now tuned into the sean soapbox and we have a chill vibe going by the way of a song by avavi called perspective shout out to avavi and for the first episode of season two i got tony catini in the studio with me and we're gonna have a great conversation about astrology self-development and all those types of things so keep it locked in this is sean soapbox Good morning, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're now tuned into the Sean Soapbox, and I have Tony Catini with me in the studio. I'm so excited to have you here. Introduce yourself to the people. Thank you so much, Sean, for having me. So my name is Tony Catini. I am the former Speakers and Professional Development Chair for the University Activities Board here at NC State. I am a student here as well, studying communication with a concentration in interpersonal, organizational, and rhetorical communication. Whew, that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, outside of NC State campus, I am a aspiring entrepreneur. I am a writer, an artist, and a creative. And she's a great public speaker. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great public speaker. Stop. I'll say that. Like, most definitely, you're a great public speaker. Thank you. So I definitely wanted to like talk about a lot of like important things with you today because I I consider you like a very like um, deep person, not like one of those fake deep people, but like one of those people that you try to be in tune with like yourself. And that's a very like I think a lot of times we get caught up in so many distractions. We don't get in tune with like what's going on with ourselves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so every time I see you out and like talk to you you always seem like very like in touch with like what's going on with me right now and that's you. a very powerful thing so like i wanted to talk to you about because i understand a key part that's mindfulness for you mm-hmm. so like can you tell me like what is mindfulness sure so to me mindfulness is the practice of being aware of oneself their thoughts feelings and emotions in any given any given situation or circumstance so a way to understand this would be like, say you're eating rather than being on your phone and like scrolling through. And yeah, you can tell that the food tastes good. But if somebody were to ask you about the texture, what flavors you're actually tasting, not many people would be able to give you an answer to that because you kind of just chowing down, focused on your phone. So mindfulness is, you know, really being present with what it is that you're doing and recognizing that experience that's unfolding within that present moment. See, I like that example of like food tasting because I'm always jealous of like food bloggers because they're able to like <laughs> articulate in words where I can never articulate. Yes. Because I'm, I'm like, oh, there's hints of uh, cinnamon and oregano coming. I'm like, what? I was like, <gasps> cinnamon. <laughs> I just know it was sweet. Like, I didn't know. Like, how do you know it's cinnamon? Like, it's like, like, especially like with like a British baking show and they'd be like, the texture of the cake. And I'd be like, the texture of the cake. <laughs> Does it taste good? Like, but is it smacking? It, does it smack? Does it smack? That's all I'm concerned about. But it's just like some people be like really in tune. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of getting to what you're talking about. Like mindfulness is to be in tune. So like, how did you find out about mindfulness? So it wasn't something that I necessarily actively pursued. Where it was like I heard the term and I'm like, yeah, mindfulness. Um, throughout my personal journey with spirituality, it was something that kind of just came up in practices that I was learning about, uh, particularly meditation. So the practice of meditation is, you know, 
centering yourself and kind of silencing out your mind and really tuning into that present moment. And that's when I learned that that practice of doing that is mindfulness. And how can you be mindful and carry that practice of meditation into your day-to-day routine and just having that state of awareness where you can call yourself in if you're, you know, getting caught up in your head or you're getting caught up in whatever is unfolding, just be like, wait a minute. Like, let me just check in, see how I feel, you know, what's going on around me and just use that as ways to ground yourself. Because if not, you can, you can really lose yourself in the day-to-day grind. It seems like that's like a practice to kind of keep you like, like to sustain yourself, honestly, Mm -hmm. when it comes to like stress. Is is that kind of like how it is for you when it comes to like, it helps you respond to stress a little bit better? Um, it helps me, it helps me step back from the situation that may be at hand and put things into perspective. I love perspective. One thing about me, um, I know at some point, uh, we were discussing, you know, wanting to talk about astrology. So for me, just off the bat, uh, I'm a double Gemini. I'm sun, moon, Gemini. And essentially what that means is I'm very much up in my head. I can sometimes lose touch with reality because of how much I'm imagining things in my head and my, I have a very uh, active imagination. So if a situation is unfolding around me, sometimes it's hard for me to stay focused and stay grounded in that situation. Um, So practicing mindfulness allows me to pull myself out of my head and assess what's going on around me so that I can then put things into perspective and move accordingly. Being able to put things into perspective does alleviate stress because now I'm able to weigh out my options to different outcomes or different scenarios. So I feel best prepared moving forward where I'm like, all right, I already thought about this. So if it happens, I'm already a step or two ahead of the game and I can move accordingly. So how like how, how do you feel about like where you're at when it comes to like mindfulness? Like I view, like how long have you been practicing? Um, consciously practicing it, I would say about a year and a half to two years. Um, but I've always been really self-aware since I was little. And, you know, I kind of always got the term like, oh, Tony, you're an old soul. And I guess my self-awareness made me a lot more, made me act more mature than a lot of my counterparts because they were very, you know, feeling driven where it was like they just react on emotion. And I definitely was in a point in my life where I reacted a lot in emotion. And if I felt something, I outwardly portrayed it. But that got me into a lot of trouble and it didn't really benefit my long term. It wasn't sustainable for the long term. Right. Um, so I, you know, went to counseling and I uh, even went to anger management for a little bit. And that really just taught me how to pay attention to what I'm feeling and how to channel those feelings into another medium. And for me, that medium became writing. So like writing, I know you what you're writing, but like tell the people what you be writing. So I write all types of stuff. When I was younger, I used to write a lot of short stories and poetry. Um, nowadays, I write a lot of music. I write a lot of poetry as well. I mean, music is my poetry. Um I also do journaling. I'm I'm trying to get back into writing daily, even if it's just because I feel like I lost myself in the trend of journaling where it's like, oh, you need to journal every single day. But every time I journaled, 
it's like pages on pages on pages. So it's tiring. And I'm like, dang, I ain't got time to sit and write a book every single day. <laughs> Not a so book. look, it be it feel like that sometimes. Not so a book. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time to sit and write a book every day. So it started to deter me from writing at all. And what I recognized actually recently this weekend was writing was the way that allowed me to make sense of what I was feeling and also to channel it. So it wasn't just being suppressed and being something that I wasn't aware of. It was through that act of writing that I was becoming mindful of what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. So I told myself, you know, I want to just even if it's, you know, write a, a quote that I came across or came up with or, um, you know, a song verse that I heard, uh, a poem that sums up my day, like just something that's getting me writing and being creative on a day to day basis. So they kind of like building that creative muscle. Yeah, I exactly. Feel <laughs> I feel that. No, I relate to that, especially because like, like, especially younger. I remember I wrote like the first chapter for like a fantasy book. Yeah. And like, yeah, like it was really helped me out because like, at the time I didn't know how I guess like kind of like you, like I was very like on the opposite end of like I wasn't as expressive. Mm. And so writing would like express some like things that I couldn't express at the time. Like but if you ask me like how I felt, I'd be like, I, I, the, the, the. Mm, I feel that. Yeah. But like if I wrote it down, like it's articulated, like I want to say perfect, but you know, it's kind of masterful, you know? So, yeah. Like, it's more yeah. intentional. It's an accurate portrayal of what you're feeling. Right. Versus kind of like that kind of like jumbled. And I feel like it kind of built my, emotional vocabulary like i because i honestly believe that sometimes as people we mislabel emotions a lot mm. and so that creates kind of like a feedback loop of harm because it's like oh i'm angry but it's like actually you're not angry you might be uh frustrated or annoyed or different things like that you shouldn't jump to just like like labeling an emotion you should be like very mindful of like what you're feeling most so. definitely i love what you just said because there was actually um a emotions chart that I had found on Pinterest uh, or I think one of my best friends you shared found it everything on Pinterest. I love Pinterest. One thing about it, ooh, when in doubt, go to Pinterest. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> really? sure you can find something. You can really? find something. Um, and my friend sent me this chart and it was breaking down common emotions where um, it was, so for example, like if you were feeling anger, it would actually be, you know, disappointment and shame. And that's what produces the anger. And it was breaking down common emotions that we say into what actually is the root of that feeling. And I was like, wow, it just makes you realize like you don't not. OK, let me back up because I feel like it's not something that we're taught to assess our emotions. So people can't be blamed for not having the vocabulary or not having the awareness of what it is that they're feeling. But something that I've recognized as I've become more aware of it is definitely what you said is I've mislabeled and misused certain emotions to justify how I'm feeling. And then it's like, wait a minute, if you dig a little bit deeper, you're not actually sad. Like you're actually you may be overwhelmed by something or yeah. you may be, you know, regretful of something that you didn't even realize was being um, provoked by the situation right. that you're in. Right. Most definitely. Um, so. 
what has like mindfulness like changed about you? Because like you kind of talked about like you know you become more mindful of those emotions. Like what does that like mean for you to like on the day to day? Like what has like changed? Like does things feel more? Cl- is there more clarity when it comes to like how you move and how your intentions and different things like that? It's a great question. Um, I would say. I always compare back to my younger self because that's really the only thing that I can compare to is, you know, how I've grown from uh, or grown throughout different stages of my life. And when I was younger, like I said, I used to be really reactive. And if I felt something or felt like I needed to say something, I was going to say it. (laughs) I didn't care who it was, where it was, um, if it was appropriate or not, I was going to say it. And like I said, that got me into a lot of trouble and it really didn't benefit me or anyone else for that matter. Um, so I've recognized that I'm I'm slower to respond to situations. Uh, I've become a lot more observant and I take in my surroundings more. So before I would just quickly, you know, just snap at something or I would, I always needed to be the first one to respond to something. And it's something that I still do from time to time, but I notice I can catch myself doing that. So I pull myself back and I'm like, wait a minute, Tony, let the other person speak or, you know, someone else is speaking, let them have their time to talk. And that allows me again to gain better understanding of what's going on around me. Because if I'm listening, you're gaining so much more information that you would miss if you're always speaking. So that was something that I've noticed change in myself through being mindful is, you know, holding space for other people to speak and also just the value of silence. I love silence and I don't realize how much I love silence until someone disrupts it or someone asks for it to be broken. Like, for example, I'll get in the car and sometimes I'm just in the car in silence. I'll talk to myself or I just enjoy the sounds of whatever is going on uh, in the car or outside and if I'm riding with somebody and they come in, they're like, you got the ox. Like, can I, can I plug up? I'm like, Oh man. Like (laughs) I totally forgot that, you know, we're sitting in silence because I'm completely content with it. Um, and that's something that I've also recognized within my journey of, you know, being mindfulness and in this journey of self-discovery and my, uh, understanding or my growing understanding of spirituality is I've come to peace with a lot of parts of myself. There's still a lot that I'm working on and that I'm working through, but simple things like being able to sit in silence with myself is something that I definitely value. And it's something that I've become more mindful of. And I'm grateful for that. It's kind of like, is like satisfaction a part of your peace is like, like you feel more satisfied with like certain parts of yourself. Um, I don't necessarily think I'd use the word satisfy, but more so there's a level of acceptance Mm. that kind of comes with it where I accept where I've come from and I accept where I am, but I wouldn't say satisfied because I'm always like striving to be better and to do better. So yeah, I would say acceptance is more so the word. It's so like growth is very important to you. Yes. For me, I speak completely for myself when I say this, I don't, I don't know how to do anything else but to grow. Like, I don't understand when I see people from high school or when I see people from, you know, middle school that are still doing the same stuff. And I'm like, at at no point 
have you thought, you know, it's time to outgrow this. It's time to move on and evolve. Break out of certain things. Yeah, like I'm always looking for different ways that I can challenge myself and improve. And in no way am I saying I'm perfect or my approach to growth is perfect. But um, it's something that works for me. And it's something that I feel most um, fulfilled in is knowing that where I am right now is not where I'm going to be tomorrow. And it's not where I'm going to be the next year. And it's exciting because I'm always meeting new versions of myself. So it's cool. So that's where the satisfaction comes from. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I got you. I got you. I understand that. I understand that definitely because I pride myself on like being able to like overcome like obstacles. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, it's kind of like, I never thought about it as growth actually. I never thought about it like that. I always thought about, you know, I'm just ready for the next challenge. But like these trials, like when you go through them, like it definitely causes you to grow. I've definitely been challenged like in a lot during like my definitely in college. College definitely challenged Mm -hmm. me to think about the world very differently because people like you get exposed to so many different ideas, so many different people. And so like it's things that I didn't even know about myself until I got exposed like especially like when i went to like the dominican republic and like i saw like kids who are like very resilient mm. despite their conditions is what and i realized like that i share some of that like resilience like there is kind of like a resilient spirit that i have and i learned more that i need to kind of like tap into that a lot more i have more strength than that i realized in that moment and so like i challenged myself a lot more to extend myself and i do but then I also learned in extending myself where my limits were. Mm. And that's and, important. Yeah, that's important. And that's kind of like where I'm at in my journey with growth is kind of like finding balance. Now I'm in that state of like, okay, so I know what works, what doesn't work. What can I improve? What I can't like improve in this moment because I have to be economic with time and motivation and energy. What can I do to like best maximize my opportunities for my growth so the guy's kind of like me being more analytical Mm -hmm. more strategic and being less reactive like you said and being like i want to gain more information now i want to listen more i want to take more of what other people say so i can like better operate in terms of like not just conversations but just like in my own growth most definitely No, and I feel like that's important to find that balance between, you know, recognizing your strengths and your weaknesses, but then at the same time, not allowing yourself to get lost in what your weaknesses are, like really tapping into what your strengths are. So I follow uh, Gary Vee a lot on social media. Uh, For those of you that don't know him, Gary Vee is a well-renowned entrepreneur who's absolutely crushed in the game right now. Uh, His whole thing is, you know, find what you're good at, uh, find what you're passionate about and just pursue it with everything that you have. And at the first, at the, what you, what you should ultimately want is not monetary gain, but happiness. And one of the things that he talks about a lot is, you know, find your strengths, find what you're good at and triple down on it and go from being good at it to being great at it. And then once you do that, you eventually become expert at it. And that was something that I needed to recognize, even in myself, that I struggle with because I always want to be good at everything. 
be like, oh, I, well, you know, I can do this or, oh, I could do that and I could do this and this. And it's like, okay, you can be a jack of all trades. That's great. But a master at none. And when I heard that quote, I was like, whoa, what do I want to be known for? Right. What is it that I want to say when people think about me? They're like, okay, yeah, she may be good at all these other things, but fundamentally, this is what we know Tony for. And I had to really tap into what that is for me. So finding that balance between your strengths and your weaknesses. And I love that, you know, that was inspired in you by going to the Dominican Republic and just being surrounded by that energy and recognizing that within you. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's definitely like an eye changing experience. And like you said, it is something I've been dealing with too. It's kind of like dealing with that jack of all trades thing and like kind of like trying to find like what do I specifically want to focus on what satisfies me the most and it's like I can be great at a lot of things and that's that's good mm-hmm. but that's not what greatness is greatness is mm-hmm. being known for like not just one thing but like a fundamental aspect mm-hmm. so like we every great person you can not break them down to one thing but like a fundamental aspect of like maybe just their character their skill their trade whatever it is but you can there's that one singular singular idea that you have of that person exactly there's a theme to their success right where okay at the foundation of it all what can you what can it what does it boil down to what is their one i don't even know the word like i guess we're going to use strength for a lack of better words what is their yeah. one strength that they have utilized to infiltrate different means because think about it i mean i'm going to use myself as an example um i i'm recognizing that that thing for me is writing i love writing writing has been an outlet for me since i was little and i neglected it for a long time because i didn't see it as a big deal like everybody writes so as a kid i didn't understand that the way i was writing was different um but growing up teachers always used to tell my mom like no Tony has a, a way with words that is she's gifted. And I'm like, mom, it's just writing. Like is, you write, my classmates write, like everyone's writing papers, doing this, that, and the third. I didn't understand um, that the way I was using words and the way that I combine words together to form sentences had an impact behind it. And now I'm recognizing, okay, how can I use writing to accomplish different things in a variety of aspects of my life. So whether that's music, poetry, um, I would love to write a book one day. So, you know, writing speeches, I love public speaking and I don't like writing speeches anymore, but I like having an outline of what it is that I'm going to say so that I can then talk myself through it because I love for things to sound authentic. I don't want it to be like, oh, I wrote a script and then I miss a word and my mind blanks. I've had yeah. that happen. Um, but, you know, to bring it back to what we were saying with strengths, it's just you can use one strength in a variety of different ways and have that be what you're successful and what you're known for. Um, so you can be great at different things, but, you know, it all boils down to that one thing that you've allowed yourself to be fully engrossed by. Yeah, like your purpose can be like very much like reflected in different ways, mm-hmm. expressed in different ways. 
So you could be a, like a writer, but like mul- write multiple genres, be like a Toni Morrison or something like that. <laughs> Love Toni Morrison. Court, look, we share the Tony. It's a Tony thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tony Tony connection. Wasn't there a group called Tony Tony? Uh, Tony Tony Tone. How do you know that? Because that was, people used to say that all the time when I was little. Be like, oh, Tony Tone Tone. Yeah. Look, I never really, I always wanted a nickname, like a cool nickname, and I never really got any when I was younger. <laughs> so people would always give me nicknames that were longer than my actual name, like right. Tony, Tony, Tone, Tony Montana. Yeah, I used to get that all the time. Um, <laughs> all the time. I'd be walking in the hallway in high school and you just hear Tony Montana. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Like, <laughs> um, Toe ring. I got a bunch of weird. Toe ring. Toe ring. Some people thought it was funny that it's like Tony, so they'd be like toe, T-O-E, and then knee, K-N-E-E. I'm like, no, it's just it's just Tony. <laughs> people were corny. Only person that really gave me a cool nickname was my uncle. He calls me T.I. So I'm like, okay, that's at least shorter than. That's what's up, T.I.? Right, right, T.I. My T. uncle I. used to call, my other uncle used to call me Fat Face. I was a really chubby-faced baby, so in Jamaica, everybody knows me as Fat Face. Like, oh, fat face. Yeah. Oh, so you've been to Jamaica? I've been to Jamaica what, about three times. Yeah, three times. So, like, we can go back. Um, so, you are Jamaican? Mm-hmm. So half like, Jamaican, half Italian. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> that, that's, that must be, like, an interesting, like, like cultural background. Because, like, like, Jamaican culture, like, because, like, both Jamaican, I'm going to use uh, cultural stereotypes real quick, just. Okay. <laughs> in my experience, I'm going to use I statements. Here we go. Growing up in New York City, being surrounded by both Jamaicans and Italians, they're very expressive people. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we are an expressive bunch. As if you could tell, I'm a very animated person. Um, I talk with my hands a lot. Um, that's definitely one way that I'm able to just, I don't know. I just love using my hands. I love using my hands to, to get things across. My mom was super animated. I mean, my whole family in Jamaica really animated a bunch. Um, and then not only am I Jamaican and Italian, but I'm from New York. So New York energy just hit different. It really Um, does hit different. (laughs) Um, I'm not from the city. That's a disclaimer. People love to say I'm not from New York because I'm not from the city. no, it's false. Wait, wait, where are you from? I'm from upstate New York. That's but Connecticut. Like an hour, no, it's not. It's an hour and a half. I'm like an hour and a half northwest of Manhattan. And I would go to Manhattan all the time. Look, no, don't even, don't even try to play me. Don't even try to play me. People love to do this. Look, I'm telling, I'm telling you this directly to the person or people that are listening to this episode right now. Okay. I am from New York. People love to play and talk about Oh, man, you're not from New York if you're not from the city or Long Island. No, I'm very much from New York because anytime something was popping off in the city, whether it was music, like culture, anything, I had classmates that were from Harlem, Queens, like Brooklyn, the Bronx. So, like, my dad was from the Bronx. So, like, we also used to go down to the Bronx a lot. Look, don't even... I don't even need to explain myself. I mean, I'm staying in New York. New York. It's, it's basically Connecticut. It's basically No, it's not. That's like Syracuse. <laughs> that's upstate New York. That is upstate New York. Like Buffalo. That's upstate. That's Canada. <laughs> I ain't from, I ain't from, uh, uh. that's why I, I caution with saying upstate New York because I'm really only like an hour and some change away from y'all. It's just, 
if it's not the city, they consider it upstate. But it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not that upstate. It's not that far. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. A lot of people in North Carolina don't get this debate. But <laughs> they don't. They don't at all. They There's don't so at many all. emotions behind this. It, it's, it really it's, is. There's a lot of baggage behind this. <laughs> Look, I stay having to like declare my, you know, declare my. I love my roots. trolling y'all upstate people. I love trolling y'all upstate people. I'm <sighs> quick to call y'all. Say y'all from Connecticut. I'm quick. To like, you know what? Y'all at the tip of New York anyway. Like when you really think about it, if you look at the the, the shape of New York State, y'all really at the tip. Y'all like a little broken part of New York that's kind of just hanging on by a thread. And I love New York. Don't get me wrong, but you know that's how I feel sometimes when y'all come at me. I feel like you know I need to shoot my shot as well. Where it's like, well, dang, y'all y'all at the y'all hanging on. Y'all like the pinky of New York. So, oh, but man. it's all love. It's all love always. Oh. <laughs> Uh, to bring it back to like um, <laughs> mindfulness, what's like some resources that like helped you out when it comes to your journey to mindfulness? Um, like puts people on some game. Like, honestly, I don't necessarily have like specific resources that I would say I used. It was more so for for me it was as i unfolded or as i started to unfold um so you don't use like no meditation app or nothing mm-hmm. your meditation game is that strong no <laughs> yeah. i've actually been sleeping on my meditation but um there was a period of time where i did devote a lot of time to meditation um and i had like my own little you know meditation spot in my room that was set up uh i actually built it like in a closet that I had so like I would go and I would kind of just like shut myself in that closet and I made that space what's it look um, like hmm? what's it look like you say you built it so like what's yeah it like? so and it was like that was actually really crazy um I was in my room one day and doing something completely unrelated like I was probably just like sitting on the floor just chilling and all of a sudden I just had this like vision come to me of you know building this space in my closet and I was like what the heck was that? And I didn't really know what it was. And I just kept seeing this image pop up in my head and I had all the resources that I needed for it. Um, and I was like, all right, you know, I'll just do it later. Like it's not, it's not that deep. It's not a rush. And it just kept coming up and kept coming up. And it was like a nagging image in my head. So I was like, okay, no, I'm going to do it. And literally within like an hour and a half to two hours, I had like created this whole space um, in my closet and it, what I did, so I created these, I had these wooden block uh, images that I made. So there's this process called like ink to wood transfer, picture transfer. And I had done them a while ago. So I had already had them, but I didn't have anywhere to hang them up in my room at the time. So I had one with um, a sphinx on it. I had one with, um, uh, what else was on it? Like a sacred geometry, circle on it i also had uh a third eye symbol um i forgot what was on the the fourth one i can't remember what was on the the fourth one but so i had those and i kind of just set them up in like a square pattern so they all had little corners that they occupied and then my brother got me this um egyptian scroll where um, it's like it's this royal image of these two queens 
um, Egyptian queens uh, or goddesses, and my name is written on it in hieroglyphics. So I pinned that up in between uh, the center of what those blocks were, and then I had these yellow flowers that I glued, hot glued onto thumbtacks and tacked them into the wall in the opposing a square of it and then I put post-it notes of like affirmations eight affirmations two in each section that I just went around and then I took a cushion that I had in my um at my desk and I took that and I would sit on it and I would just face this uh scroll and I would just read through my affirmations and then sometimes I would bring my incense in there and I'd burn my incense in there and it was just a great space for me to disconnect from the world because it was cool that it was a space within my space um because it was in my closet it was like my closet served dual purposes because you needed to walk into the closet and close the door to see it rather than just open the door and then you would see the closet wait wait say that again get it all right let me run that back so I had a small walk-in closet. It wasn't oh, yeah. really like a walk-in closet. It was like a step-in closet. You said so the, step in. So the door, <laughs> the door opened inward. So it opened into the closet. Okay. And then, so oh, the wait. door was up against the wall on the left. Okay. And then the clothes hung from right in front of you and then wrapped around on the right side. Okay. So my shrine that I had made was on the left side where the door covered. Oh, so, so you had to close the door. Then. So you had to step into the closet and close the door to then see the shrine. And then um, I put these string lights around it. So then I would turn on the string lights. So it was like a completely, it was a multi-purpose space within the space that was already my room. Um, it's like a thought within a thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought about that. I just thought about that meme with like, there's a thought within a thought. Because like it was supposed to be like a philosophy meme. There's I don't a think thought. I've seen that meme. It's a pretty good meme. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, to check it out. <laughs> um, so you, but yeah, I, I haven't really been on my meditation as much recently. But that having established that and really building a building an understanding of my spirituality and the journey that I'm on in regards to that, I have encountered people uh quotes, videos um, that I guess you can consider resources that have guided me along that. But spirituality and, you know, mindfulness, meditation, all of that is not a one size fits all. So what worked for me and how the information came to me is not necessarily the information that will work for somebody else or will mean the same thing to somebody else if it were to be presented to them. Definitely a resource that I will share just as, you know, someone that I feel gives really great perspective and food for thought in regards to, you know, self-help and meditation, mindfulness is uh, Jay Shetty. I absolutely love Jay Shetty. He is a former monk. He was a monk for about three years. And then now he's his whole mission is he does podcasts and videos where it's making uh, making wisdom go viral mm-hmm. and just amazing. He posts the most thought provoking uh, videos, concepts and hosts these really great discussion with all different types of um, interviewees on his podcast and it's called on purpose with jay shetty so that's a resource that I, I, used to I came ac- i've come across that i believe i believe it was like i scrolled through spotify yes 
and Spotify has a lot of dope stuff. A lot of stuff on Spotify. Like the, the word section on there. Like, have you seen that? The word section. Oh, the section where like has like self help books. Has like um, they got books on Spotify. Yeah, like free books. Yeah. On Spotify. Yeah. Uh uh-uh, uh, let me <laughs> find out. Hold up. I'm 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 about to put because like people really don't know about this. Clearly, because like, I'm sitting here, Chuck. <laughs> so, so like when you open up Spotify, I'm about to show you real quick, and you go to like you go to search. I'm breaking this down for people. You go to search, and bro, my Spotify is always slow. It'd be like that whenever there was a meme that I saw. Whenever you're trying to show somebody something and your Wi-Fi want to play games and act like you don't know how to work, it yeah, really be playing games. So like you go all the way to the bottom, right? Okay. Here, to oh. Word. It's right next to kids and family. It's like when you see all the genres. So like when you scroll down, you see all the genres. It's the last one that says word. Right. And so you got poetry, you got modern poetry, you got short stories, audiobooks, women's literature, mythologies, scary stories, guided meditation, learn Spanish, Christmas they must stories. They just added that. No, it's been there for years. So maybe I have stumbled on it and I didn't even peep it. They got Sherlock Holmes, you can learn Chinese. Love poems, Joseph Campbell, H.P. Lovecraft for like the weirdos out there. Let me stop. Let me stop. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm just, oh, got Edgar Allan Poe, science fiction, Russian. Wow. Sci fi radio dramas for the old So, y'all school. know what I'm about to do when I go back to the crib. I'm going to pull this up and because those love poems, that sounds like a vibe. And One thing like, about me, I'm a hopeless romantic. So, for real? For real, for real. I love love. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so I, serious. <laughs> so like, are you like the like the romantic comedy type of person? Yes, I love so a good rom com. Like, yes, I don't I, do scary. I don't do scary. I don't do violence. I don't do none of that. Um, like action, it needs to be a really good plot for me to sit and tolerate the action. I just don't like seeing people get hurt. I don't like seeing people get killed. Um, so I love, I, yeah, I just love, I love love. So I, and I love laughing. So like, if you can combine love and laughter, man. What's a good rom com? Oh, don't ask me that. I'm most definitely gonna ask you that. Uh-uh, don't I, ask me. I, 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 I really I, wish I could tell you, but like, I my movie game, trash. What's the last good rom com you seen? She deep in thought. This is the first time I've seen that too. <laughs> <laughs> she deep in thought. <laughs> the last good rom com that I've seen. Because honestly, I've never seen a rom com in a minute. In a hot minute. The last good rom com. Dang, I'm on the spot. I was, yeah. talk, I was talking all this about I love rom com. Do you like read like any type of like like romance books or anything like that? I used to. So when I was younger, like that was my um I didn't really like reading. Uh I'm still trying to get myself to Wait, so you're a writer though. That's the crazy part. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Um and I used to get that all the time when I was younger, uh, where my mom would be like, Oh my gosh, Tony, you'd be such a better writer if you just read. But the way my mom pushed writing on, or not writing, uh, reading on my brother and I, it wasn't enjoyable. Um, it was, you know, you need to sit and read this book where it was like, dang, I don't want to read the book, you know. <laughs> um, and my focus, the way that my focus works is um, my mind goes in like a lot of different places. So when I'm sitting and reading, if it's not being read to me, whether by an actual person or like me reading it out loud, 
okay, there's three of there's three ways that reading reading works for me. Is if it's being read to me and I can see what's being read to me, if I'm reading it out loud to myself, or if it's like an audiobook. Because I'm visual and auditory at the same time. So like I need to be able to see the words that are being said, but then also hear it at the same time. Because if I'm just sitting and like reading it in my head, and my head's all over the place thinking about 10,000 different other thoughts. Oh, I'm reading the same paragraph over and over and over again. So reading was just never my forte. You ever like try to like do like notes while you're reading? If it's like school, yeah, I would take notes like while I read stuff. But I never th- like thought about doing that with like recreational reading. Yeah. That's the move. That is the move. All right, I'm going to have it, to check that out. Because I, I took a Caribbean literature class. And we was like going through um uh, before we even started the class, uh Dr. Ford, shout out uh Dr. Ford, uh Sichelle Ford. Um, she definitely like put it on us to be like active readers. So like to definitely like take notes, scratch mm. up the stuff, be very active in our reading, be very mindful in our reading. Hey, there we go. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and be very mindful in our reading, just like not be like a passive observer, but kind of like it was weird to think about literature in that way as it being interactive because i've never been in a literature class and they said like you know interact with the text like it's been like just read it yeah (laughs) yeah and i feel like that's a good way to restructure the way that we interact with literature because you can retain so much more of it it's there's now more senses that are being engaged in doing that versus just okay i'm seeing the words and that's any like that's it but yeah. You know, finding a way to bring those words to life. Is, yeah, like important. Timmy just jumped in the river. Okay. Like, oh my gosh, Timmy done jumped in that river. Yeah. Draw like a little wave or a little something. Yeah. I don't know, like water splash mark something. Yeah, like, is it cold? Like, Is it cold? <laughs> is it cold, though? Does he have a towel? Like, <laughs> That's important. Because like that, that chill, though, be crazy. That chill be crazy. That breeze. So... Okay, so like we talked about this before, but like I have to go through my notes again because I, I, I have some dope questions. Like, that I feel like the audience needs to like hear from you. Is like, how do you give yourself grace while holding yourself accountable to the standards you placed on yourself? Because we we talked about it kind of, but we never talked about it directly. Like, how how do how do you kind of like navigate that whole? Well, I'm kind of like challenging myself, but like, how do I also be kind of like kind to myself as well? Mm. That is definitely something that I am working on daily because I can be very hard on myself. I have high expectations for myself. And when I feel like I'm not meeting those expectations, I the way that I can treat myself is belittling at times. And that's why mindfulness has become so necessary in my day-to-day practice because I'm trying to reprogram myself my self-talk and become more conscious of the words that I'm saying to myself because I now understand that our words have so much power to them and your words can make or break you so for example if I set a goal for myself and you know I don't achieve it rather than, or complete it in its entirety, if I 
did some parts of it well, rather than focusing on all the things that I didn't do or the things that I didn't do well, I'll acknowledge it and recognize that I need to improve on it. But it's more so shining light on what you did do well and recognizing um, recognizing a job well done, but then also thinking of ways that you can continue that moving forward. I definitely used to spend a lot of time dwelling on things that I did wrong. Everything I could have done a bunch of good things, but the one thing I mess up, all of a sudden my mind wants to zero in on that and beat myself up for, oh, yeah, you did all this great stuff, but you know that one thing that you did, like you messed up on that. And it it became something that at some time at sometimes like were crippling. Um and you know, it, it would put me into some dark places within myself because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I was inadequate or I wasn't capable of achieving and doing certain things. But I make sure nowadays that I hold space for myself to fail because I now tell myself that there's no such thing as failure. It's just a lesson. And the only time that you fail is when you fail to acknowledge the lesson in that experience. Mm. And because I'm constantly putting things into perspective and trying to find the silver lining in situations, it's hard for me to look at something as the end where it's just like, dang, like this may be a struggle right now and this may be difficult to deal with, but you know, how can I navigate through this by understanding what I'm, what it is it's trying to teach me. So that's, that's kind of how I allow myself grace is, you know, being honest with myself and being real about, you know, both the good and the bad, but recognizing what bad can be left behind and acknowledging how I can resolve what bad was done so that moving forward, I can correct it. Like you're really great at speaking. Like I just had to say well, that. Thank you. Cause like, um, you know how to like get your thoughts out there, but also like, you also got to like, I know it's like you do this thing where like you kind of like put like a great concluding like thought as well. So like, Aww. so people like, I'm, I'm great at listening. Um, I'm not saying that just to say that because like, I remember the yesterday I went, I was like complimented on my the listening as well. But like, I definitely like heard that several times in our conversation is like, you, you have a cl- clear intention, what you want to say. And then like you leave a conclusion for the people who might miss something here and there. And so they have a concluding, a con- concisive, like, idea of, like, what you're saying. So that's a pretty dope, like, thing that you just do, like, I would say, like, naturally. But oh, I appreciate that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I feel like, for me, I, going back to what I said with, you know, I've, pulled, I've pulled back from being so vocal um, so often because... Oh, often? I heard that in New York. I heard it. Oh, that's, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's just the way that I talk. And there's certain words that when I say, people are like, oh, what? Oh, she definitely from New York. Look, everyone everyone that's listening, that's a Southerner, and they probably like, okay, we get it. Y'all from New York. Like, enough. <laughs> It's a New York thing. Like, it come really on. <laughs> Shout out. Um, <laughs> what was what were we saying? Oh, uh, I was talking about, uh, you know, not speaking often. And with that, uh, the reason why I do that is because 
I like to be very intentional about what it is that I'm saying. And I recognize that when I'm quick to speak, I may speak out of context or I may um, make room for misinterpretation. And that's where writing is so important for me is I like to take the time to write something out because I know that I've selected those all of those words that have been selected have been intentionally chosen to convey a certain message. And if now they're misinterpreted, I can go back and I can clarify if needed. But that's why I don't know. I don't know if people are able to recognize, but I take gaps in between what I say sometimes because I'm trying to just run through my head. Okay, real quick. Is this what I'm trying to say? And then if it is what I'm trying to say, how do I say it with how do I say it with the. How do I say it with enough clarity that it's easily understood and best received? I can't control the way people receive my messages, but I can definitely look. That is so important to understand. Exactly. And so many, I'll touch on that. Um, But I can't control the way people receive my messages, but I can control the tone and matter in which I've delivered them. And I, especially if you know what intention you set out, it's, it's really just a matter of, assessing and correcting at that point moving forward right but to touch on you know not being able to control how people receive your messages that's something that i try to tell people often is just you nobody can control nobody is responsible for how you feel or making you feel anything that's up to you to determine and if somebody says something and they're like oh well so and so said something and it made me upset no, 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 no. You gave so-and-so the power over you to make you feel upset by what they said. And then people will hear that and they're like, nah, like so-and-so intentionally meant to do that. Okay, but how? You don't, if you didn't take the time to ask them what their intentions were, you can't jump to that conclusion. But then in addition to that, so-and-so could have had a specific intention with what they said that was simply just misconstrued. But if you felt something as a result of what they said, you need to now be mindful enough to ask yourself, what is it about what they said that caused me to feel this way? And that's where self-awareness is super important because if you're able to address things within yourself before you outwardly convey something to your environment, you can save yourself a lot of trouble by just having that barrier of, mm, let me pump the brakes. I felt real annoyed when I heard so-and-so say that. Why? What was it about that message? And once you do that and you go through asking yourself a few why questions, after about three whys, you'll figure out the root of it. And it has nothing to do with that person. Right. You realize, oh, dang, I didn't even realize they said that, you know, my shirt was ugly, but... In reality, I was insecure about buying this shirt because I didn't think that, you know, people would like it from the jump. I don't know. Maybe that wasn't a good example. It wasn't a good example. I know it wasn't. But (laughs) the moral moral of the story is just just because somebody says something doesn't mean that the way that it's received by you is exactly how it was intended. And if especially if it invokes a certain feeling within you, you need to ask yourself, where is that coming from? And, yeah, I think that that's a really important combination of mindfulness and self-awareness. Yeah, and, like, on top of that, just, like, I'm, I've definitely, like, given my experience, like, felt that, like, clarity was, like, the best calming agent. 
Mm. Like if you want to calm down, like get clarity, like get clear yes. about what's going on. And then that's where like the calmness comes in. Like, and you have to accept like when it happens too. like a part of that is being very open to accepting like what is and what it's not like accepting the reality of it. And that's where like the, the, the calm comes in. Like, okay, that's what it is. And when we're not jumping to conclusions, we're not leaping to things. We're not trying to find something. We're not mm-hmm. trying to seek an answer that we already built up in our minds. Exactly. It it definitely calms you down when you're like, okay, that's what's going on, and that's cool. And you because you realize what you can and cannot change about it. Mm. Control the controllable and forget the uncontrollable. Right. Got to be smart with how you how you deal with your energy. And mindful. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's tiring sometimes to be jumping to conclusions. That's a lot of jumping. That's a lot of leaping. It is. It's a lot. And, you know, you just need to be aware of where you're where you're putting your energy and what is even worth your energy. Some people are out here stressing over things that is not worth their time. And that, for me, is frustrating because I just want to... I, I just want those people to see that for themselves. But again, like you can't control anybody but yourself. So the best way to help other people is to just set the example yourself. People will come up to me and be like, dang, Tony, you always seem like you got it together. No, 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 no. This, this takes a lot of self-awareness. This takes a lot of practice and discipline. And like I said, and I've said it multiple times and I'll continue to say it, I'm not perfect. In no way, shape, or form do I want anybody to look at me and be like, Tony is the epiphany. Nah, I don't want to hear that because I'm constantly working on myself and I'm constantly developing. And if I'm able to set a positive example, that is the goal. But always know that even what it is that I'm presenting to you is not the full picture because I am a private person and I do like to keep things to myself, especially before, especially until I feel that it's ready. I don't know if y'all can hear my stomach because I don't know how sensitive these mics are, but my stomach going to town. <laughs> y'all, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I needed to say that because that's like the fourth time it rumbled. I'm like, I really wonder if these mics are picking it up. Like I'm on my third rumble. I'm on my third rumble. Like, we just out here. We out here. We really just be out here. Like It's all good though. Um, we we gonna eat eventually. <laughs> um, I don't even remember where I was going, but moral of the story: set the example. The only way that you're gonna make change in any way, shape, or form is by setting the example. And don't simply idolize people for where you think you see them at. Instead, you know, ask them, ask them about their journey, and ask them about you know how they got to where they are, and you know what their goals are moving forward. That's when you'll learn a lot about people, and you'll also recognize how human we all are. Because I, I feel like, and this is just a side note, but I feel like a lot of us look at celebrities and we see them as separate from ourselves when in reality we're all connected. You know, we're all human beings sharing this human experience and, or at least I believe we're all spiritual beings uh, experiencing this human experience and, you know, having that connection, we are not different from one another. And, but we've allowed things like status, wealth, and material gain to build a a distance between one another and if you just take the time to really recognize one another as as peers and like-minded individuals or like individuals I don't want to say like-minded because not everybody thinks the same way but 
recognize that you know everybody's going through everybody's going through their own uh, battles and everyone's going through their own struggles but at the same time you know you can find a lot of similarity in people so don't don't paint an unrealistic picture about someone just because you think they're the ideal of what you would want to be or what you would want to have you know really get to know somebody and even if that's you admire uh, a certain celebrity and you listen to interviews about them you know really try to get to know them to the extent that they're willing to let people get to know uh, get to know them well said well said uh, for the sake of our stomachs i'm going to like <laughs> ask two more questions uh one kind of like tap into like i guess the kind of like tap into um both in the, uh the thing of like astrology and different things like that so you've like kind of touched on like spirituality and stuff like that like what does that mean for you so hmm and again this is like a that's a very deep question i understand yeah. that so like if you don't want to answer like i completely understand i'll answer to the extent that i feel i'm able to answer okay spirituality for me is understanding the essence that i am and not just that me myself am but me myself am (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if that was what i wanted to say (laughs) me myself am (laughs) y'all get the picture (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's an am yeah you know it's it's not just who I am <laughs> um, as a spiritual uh, entity, but the, that same spiritual essence that resides in all of us. And it's really just understanding the connectedness of this experience and tapping into that divine source that is within us. And for me, that has been something that I'm diving into through meditation and through certain practices and um, ceremonies that I attend. Like I have a really great friend of mine who hosts these amazing um, plant ceremonies that are just really great for tapping into yourself and really um, unlocking parts of ourself that in our everyday we may not have access to or not may not we don't have access to so it's just recognizing that we're deeper than the skin and these bodies that we're in and how can we form a deeper connection with that source that we come from uh everyone has their own ways of identifying or acknowledging that source um for me i haven't nailed anything down specifically because i'm kind of in that open range of I want to understand how other people perceive the source and then pick and choose what resonates with me and leave behind what doesn't because I've had bad experiences in my past with religion and so it makes me hesitant to just claim a religion so I'd rather understand the essence of religion which is rooted in spirituality Um, you can't have a religion without spirituality and so getting down to that core fundamental understanding of what spirituality is and yeah that's that's pretty much so to me spirituality is you know understanding that we're more than these physical bodies that we're in and there's a deeper purpose for our existence 
And it's our responsibility to kind of shift through what we've experienced in order to tap back into our purest and highest self in order to live in our purpose. It's a lot of Gemini energy. It's a lot of <laughs> Gemini <definitely>. energy. <laughs> it's a lot of Gemini energy. Um, so as someone who doesn't know next to like nothing about like astrology as far as like <laughs> what is astrology? Well, like what actually is it? Because like, I know it's like horoscopes and things, different things like that. And I know like my, was it, is it called sun sign is the leo hey <laughs> so okay fire I, I feel like that resonates a lot fire <laughs> fire but like what is what exactly is it so in no way what shape or form am i a expert or am i um oh am i like all knowing when it comes to um astrology but when it comes to matters like that i don't think there's like a super like you can be able to like sum up something without being like 10 years in it that's true i guess i don't want to speak incorrectly about it for me i guess yeah i can only i can only ever speak from my experience and my understanding um so to me astrology is the understanding of the stars planetary placements um, the way that the planets interact with one another in regards to, you know, their uh, their movements, their what's there's a word. There's a word and I'm trying to think of it. Their, it's another word for their movement, their alignment. No, their travel, their. Y'all can't see me, but I'm like doing like a circular. <laughs> I'm doing a circular movement like with my hand. Um. Oh my gosh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Transit. Woo! Let's go. Okay. Transit. Okay. Um, and the way that the planets transit around one another. Woo! I am so happy that I remembered that. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta pat yourself on the back. You know, my memory Sometimes, isn't yeah. really the best. So I try to have that positive reinforcement for myself when if I am struggling to remember something you sure and I about remember Because you recall a lot of information pretty Ooh, snappy. Look, you'd be amazed at how much I forget or how much I get off track and then lose track of where I was going. And then, look. That's fair. You you know yourself. But for pe- look, for people that know me, they know. They be having some conversations. I'd be like, where was I going with that? They're like, really, Tony? Really? I'm like, well, I, you know, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot, lot going on in my lot. head. Like I said, I get I get in my head a lot. Um. But yeah, so uh, it's about understanding the transit that the plant, the planets go through, what each planet symbolizes, and therefore the significance of those transits, and the way that energetically they impact us as well. Because understanding that we are all connected, um, what impact do those planets have on us? So that's my understanding of astrology and the way that I use information within astrology. Dope, 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 dope. So you said like. You said double Gemini, so that's sun and moon. What's what's the moon? Okay, so just like a brief kind of like rundown. I don't know all the planets, all the impacts of the planets. I'm getting there. But uh, your rising is the version of yourself that others view you as. So um, the outward portrayal that you put out, um, whether consciously or unconsciously, to people around you. Uh, Your sun is your, your, your actual self your um your true self that you embody so that's what you're born into so that's your 
sign. That's the immediate sign that you're born into. And then your moon is your emotions. So that's how you process feelings. Um, it's the more when when you think of the moon, the moon represents feminine energy. So it's how do you tap into that feminine side of you, which typically has to do with uh, feelings and emotions. So it's like the sun masculine. Mm hmm. It's masculine oh, energy. Okay. So that's typically like your drive, like your drive to do things, um, that motivation to get stuff done. So I like, think about it during the daytime, like we're up, we're moving, we're getting stuff done. During the nighttime, you're kind of more relaxed. You're you're feeling more. You know, you start to unwind. You start to just take things a little bit slower. No vibe out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's because you're now focusing on how you feel. You're unwinding from your day. You know, how do I feel? How do I feel about this day? Uh, you become more reflective. Mm. And then there's Mercury, which Mercury controls communication. And so that's how you handle uh, communicating in any aspect that that may be. Uh, people are familiar with Mercury retrograde. Uh, so typically what happens in a retrograde is Mercury's transit looks as if it's going backwards from Earth. And what that does is causes mayhem in regards to technology, communication, travel plans. So they typically say don't, you know, don't have certain important conversations if you can avoid it during Mercury retrograde. Avoid big travel plans during a retrograde. Technology may be a little funky um, during it as well. And for me, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini and Virgo. So I feel... I feel retrogrades pretty, uh, pretty intensely. And I'll be like, D -d 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 I'm like, dang, Tony, can you just spit it out? What in the world? So I really don't be speaking much during <laughs> retrogrades, which was funny because um, so for those of you that don't know, Sean and I had an advanced public speaking class together and I actually had to give a, a speech during during retrograde. It was like the last day. That is why I vouch for public speaking skills. I've seen them in person. <laughs> So yeah, it was. I had to. I had to, and I told uh, Doctor Nelson. I was like, "Shout out, Doctor Nelson!" Yeah, shout out to Doctor Nelson. For those of you that don't know, you better know now because Doctor Nelson is she's the truth, the best. Yeah, she's the best. I abs oh my gosh, I miss her. I need to go visit her. I was thinking about her the other day. I need to go shout her out. So if you're listening, like her I office, is like right by Hillsboro too. Yeah. So. I got to check it out. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? But anyway, so her and I would always, we would always talk astrology. Um, And I was like, Dr. Nelson, like my speech is on the last day of Mercury retrograde. She was like, I know. She's like, but you got it. She was like, you know, like don't think about it too much. And like she was just <laughs> prepping me through it. So um, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible to get through the technological hiccups and, you know, miscommunications and things like that. You just need to be, you just need to slow down during that time. Don't don't be so uh, fast paced during a retrograde. Um, and then Mars represents like your aggression. So the way that you handle uh, anger, things that you're like passionate about. Um, Mars is very fiery energy. It rules Aries and Aries is a um, fire sign. So my rising is Aries. Uh, that's where my super animated and kind of just like very lively personality comes out. Uh, then when I tell people I'm a Gemini, they're like, oh, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I'm like, wow, okay, because I'm very thoughtful about the way that I yeah. go about exchanging my energy. 
Um, but yeah, so Mars is about, you know, aggression, passion, really just, it's an aggressive energy. And then uh, Pluto is the planet of transformation. So like really diving into yourself, really deep into yourself. And uh, it's about rebirth. Um, so how do you, how do you transform areas of your life? Um, how will you transform other aspects of life or, mm -hmm. you know, things that you interact with. I'm not familiar. I know Jupiter, Jupiter is the planet of luck rules Sagittarius. Um, mm. but I don't know. I'm, I'm not familiar with its impact in your natal chart as well as Neptune natal chart. Yeah. I could get into that as well. Um, what other planets are there? Oh, Venus. Uh, Venus is the planet of love. So Venus, whatever. I'm surprised you're not. It's like, it must be some Venus in you somewhere because you're a hopeless romantic. So There's got to be <laughs> Look, some Venus. So when, when I get into the natal chart, I'll break that down. Um, yeah, so Venus rules matters of love, romance. Um, and not it doesn't need to just be romantic love, but it can also be, you know, just how do you handle matters of love uh, in general? Um, friendship, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm missing. I think I'm missing some planets like Chiron or Chiron. I don't remember what it is, but that's one. Um, you said Neptune, right? Yeah, I've said what I know, so I'm gonna just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. um, but then to touch on, you know, clarifying the natal chart. <clears throat> a natal chart is really just the breakdown of you provide your name your first and last name, your date of birth, the time you were born, and the location you were born. And essentially what your natal chart will then do is, and you can do this online, there's um, some really great websites. The website that I use is Astrolab. I think it's A-S-T-R-O-L-A-B-E.com. Uh, you can Google it and it'll likely come up. But your natal chart pretty much just maps out where exactly all the planets were at your time of birth. So um, what sign were they in? And then that's what makes up your character or makes up, you know, who you are from an astrological standpoint. So then to touch on what you said about, you know, me being the hopeless romantic, I only have water show up in my chart once. So I'm not, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an emotional person because of where it happens to fall in my placement. So I'm a, I'm, my Venus is in Cancer. So I feel things very deeply when, especially when it comes to, you know, love or people that I love, things that I love, um, things that I'm very passionate about and have a lot of love for. I feel them incredibly strongly. And but <laughs> because most of my placements in my chart are air and fire, I don't necessarily I'm not comfortable always being in an emotional state because I don't necessarily know how to make sense of those emotions, especially because I feel them so strongly. Mm -hmm. um, and I also don't have a lot of earth in my chart. So that causes me to feel ungrounded in a lot of ways. And that's how I can be caught up in my head a lot. So you, you can learn a lot about yourself in regards to your natal chart. I wouldn't say it's an end all be all. Like just because it says something in your natal chart doesn't necessarily mean that it's 
100% you, but it's a lot more accurate than just looking up your Zodiac or like your horoscope in the newspaper or like downloading an app and only knowing your sun sign because we embody so many different um, signs within our personal chart. So is that how like people could like look out there like uh, Zodiac and still be like, that's not me. Is that kind of like what that is? If you only look <clears throat> up your sun, because mm-hmm, those are typically generalizations mm. versus if you understand, because think about it, your sun is, is to a degree who you are, but there's so many more things that make up who you are. So like, where's your mercury? Like, how do you communicate? What sign does that fall under will dictate how you communicate where your Venus falls will dictate how you respond to matters of love where your Mars is, you know, how do you deal with aggression, passion, anger, um, your moon? How do you deal with emotions? So, so there's different influences that come from the different planetary placements. Um, and then another thing. Oh, no, I didn't have another thing to say. I was going to wrap up what I was saying with, you know, don't don't take everything. So. So end all be all or like, you know, this is the ultimate truth, because. There's so many other things that make up who you are, your experiences. Um, I've definitely taken like Meyer, the Myers-Briggs uh, personality test. So what is your Myers-Briggs? Uh, INTP. So that's introverted? No, I think it's intuitive. Is it? No, intuitive? it's like your first letter is like IE. So it's like Is that introvert, extrovert? Maybe. Okay, yeah. So then introvert. introvert. Intuitive. Introvert, intuitive. Is it TP? Mm-hmm. Thinking, prospecting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because um, I've taken it a couple times and it bounces between two. But the only thing that it bounces between is it sometimes switches from INTP to ENTP. And I just take that as I'm a Gemini. Gemini represents twins. So... Those are just the personality of my twins. It's consistent, but I have an introverted side of myself and an extroverted side of myself. So that's really the only thing that I've taken. But they're both incredibly accurate in like who I am fundamentally. So like very much an ambivert? Yes. Yes. Very much so. For people who don't know, that means you kind of like have both. Which is the thing is like most people. Mm-hmm. Most people are like that. So it's been... Wait, I did have one more question. What was it? You got it. It was about so. No, I had a thought. That was what. <laughs> Astrology is very complex. It is. Like there's like twelve signs, and then like the planets are moving. Technically I'm, thirteen. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Thirteen signs, but thirteen signs. It would be confusing to try to um, reestablish everyone's understanding for astrology if they were to include the thirteenth zodiac. What is the thirteenth? I forgot what it's called. Um, but it it begins with an O. I think, um, but it falls between December and January. I think. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So it's actually third. So I, it, I never it offsets that. everything. So instead of me being a Gemini, that would mean I'm actually a Taurus. Wow. And, and yeah, so it like offsets the entire astrological kind of all the signs. So that's why they they're just like, oh dang, like yeah, we discovered this thirteen how like this thirteen sign, but like we're just gonna leave it at twelve because <laughs> we're about to mess up everybody's understanding. Because <laughs> I can tell you right now, I'm definitely not a Taurus. I can tell you that right now. 
So Taurus is like the bull, right? Is it? Yeah, I think Taurus is no Aries is the bull. Oh, really? No, Aries is the ram. Yeah, so I think Taurus is the bull, and I think Aries is the ram. Ah, yeah. Okay. So this has been a dope conversation. It's been a great like interview. Honestly, it's been one of my best interviews. Honestly. Oh, thank you so much. Like, no, shout out to you for coming through. Like, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I was super excited from the moment you asked. I was like, oh, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I was super excited to have this conversation because I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be great. I knew it was going to be great. Like, as soon as like, like you said, yes, I was like, (laughs) it was already like a W to me because I was just like, (laughs) right, this might be a great episode. Like, people about to learn some stuff. I because like, I I feel like you dropped some gems. Definitely dropped some gems. And so, like, again, this is season two, episode one. And it's just been a great interview. I'm so honored that you came through. And I'm glad you asked me to be here. Just very appreciative. And so we're going to keep it popping. It's been a great episode. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in.